JDK, you played 10, right? You hit Mount Gagazette, and Kamari encounters two of his childhood bullies. Um, what the game doesn't tell you out of nowhere is, oh, Kamari has to fight these one-on-two. Uh, up until that point, Kamari, and I, I will, you can argue with me, that's fine, and I think you're valid and everything, Kamari is a fucking useless party member, and nobody uses him, because he's fucking useless. Why would you waste your time leveling this that's fucking the, useless party member that's, that's one-dimensional and you don't care about his story? And then the game goes, let's see if you leveled him up. And if you haven't, get fucked. Isn't he like the beast character that's like Yuna's he, guardian or something like that? Yes. Yes. Okay. And he's one-dimensional. He's very boring. He has I, no good parts in the game. And the game will skill check you at Mount Gagazette to be like, oh, only Kamari can fight these two bosses. And if you haven't leveled them up, you are going to fucking die and never get past this part. Okay. He's a terrible character with a terrible like level progression and everything. Yes. But I really like the idea of like, he's a big dude and he's on your team and everybody thinks he's like the big, strong guy. He's a big, strong animal man. Right. But he's the runt of his community. Yes. And I love that in the story because he's like intimidating for the the characters. And then you he, get to his like town. Yes. And they're just like, oh, yeah, like you are tiny. The, the <laughs> problem, up, tiny Kamari. <laughs> he, he is he is a runt Ronzo. The problem with Ronzo is his race. The 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 problem with Kamari is that he is token blue mage that I talked about earlier. He is the blue mage. Um. He's the, worst, he's the weakest link of the team. Yes, and traditionally, blue mages in Final Fantasy up until a point were just the weak links. Uh, Quina and FF9 is not useful until near the end of the fucking game where you get a lot cook. of useful spells. I, people argue against me who speedrun the game. I get it, but like for a generic player, Quina is useless until near the end of the game. I think blue mages add a lot of variety for people who play the game a second time, and I think Kamari sticks true to that. Is like he he has unique attributes and like performance that you you'd have to know in advance. <laughs> I forgot he was a black mage or sorry blue mage. To be honest with you, I didn't even remember what his class was. I yeah, he's yeah. he's a polearm he's a polearm melee user that is a blue he's mage a technically dragoon. All I That's did in 10 anyway was got Yojimbo and then I paid him to take out all my enemies. <laughs> he's a he's a hidden summon, so the fact you got him is good. He's from the Comlands. I Bro, believe. I got everyone. If you want, if we, like, okay, did we all play 10 before I... 10, so you got you got the Maga Sisters, Animus, Yojimbo. Yeah, I Anima, like all of them. Like, I, I demon ran Anima, 10. sorry, not Animus. Anima, right. yeah. The problem JDK, is... JDK, you, did you use guides? For 10? Yeah, um, because you had guides for other games. So did you would seek be, out the guide? No, I don't think I did. I'm, if you got Anima without a guide, no, I think I was I, using. I game never facts. got, I never got Anima. I never got Ujimbo. I never got uh, Magus Sisters. I never got any of them on my I, first place. I had to go. I'm pretty sure this was still back in the day where I had to go look up on GameFacts.com. Someone nah. that actually did do the due diligence, and then they wrote out not even just that a detailed but easy to read guide so like a kid like me can like comprehend you go to this area you have to do this you encounter this enemy and again i don't want to be saying spoilers and shit but the funny thing about 10 
is if you get all the summons, you have to fight them all to get to the final boss anyway. And yeah, I didn't realize ten, that. <laughs> yeah, but the problem with 10 and like, <coughs> fuck you and spoilers, I'm going to say this. Once you get to the final boss, the final skill check is Unaleska. Because the final, the actual final boss, you can't lose. Game makes you sure that you, you can't lose. Yeah. For narrative purposes, the game will literally auto-revive you if you die. You cannot lose the final fight. That's the, the final, fight with all the summons, right? Yes, the final skill check of the game is Unaleska. And she is a very clever skill check, I'll give her that. But she is definitely the final skill check. I, uh, I, I didn't know that the end boss was like something that anybody could beat. You, <laughs> like, Yevon? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the actual, like, the, the, like, ject and everything before it was so hard that when I yeah, got there, I, I thought I was just so sweaty. smart. This I thought I was so sweaty. smart using zombie on it. Well, yeah, that's the thing, too. And, like, that that was one thing I felt cheapens the fight because if somebody figures that out and they tell their friend, like, oh, you can just fucking fudge this. Like, I didn't know it. I didn't uh, Google it or anything. I just had a, a staff that well, I, I, cast I had a zombie on strike and I happened to hit it and it just did it. And I was like, oh, that's well, cool. I had um, I used uh, my level four locks to get zombie strike with Orin instead of getting oh, Ultima yeah, yeah. because I yeah. a kid. I don't fucking know. Uh, so I got zombie strike with Orin and that's how I, I knew. Um, yeah. You're talking no, about totally. Phoenix down cheese now. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or uh, actually, FF10 was the first to introduce. Oh, you're petrified underwater? Auto kill. Actually, yeah. underwater the, fights it, were a thing in FF10. In 10, yeah. Blitzball. Actually, the one thing I wanted to say is like it comes back to something JDK said earlier, which was, uh, you know, you have that one way of cheesing the game and you do it every time after that. Yep. Like you figure out one thing and you're like, oh yeah, that that works. I'm gonna do that again if you can. And that's what happened with me in Final Fantasy X is like I had a staff that cast zombie on the end boss, and I just realized like, oh, zombie's like the the best way to beat that. Like I'll just hey. make sure if I have a staff that casts so, zombie with with Yuna, I need to hold on to that. I'll I'll segue from that too. Um, but first, JDK said I had to admit something to you that I admitted to you when you weren't here. And it was something about like with, with the Final Fantasy IX like battle system oh. or something like that. Yeah, I was I was gonna give you praise for it. FF nine, I'll praise all day every day is one of my favorites, but I'll I'll never put it on a pedestal. I can tell you what sucks about it. And yeah, the battle system is fucking boring. Like hundred percent. It's so it's, slow. It, it's hundred percent oh slow because it's meant God. to be a throwback game, and it doesn't. The ATB does not initiate fast enough from your selection of commands no. versus when you, you want you it to. You can have play hidden actions. player with it, which is interesting. Yes. But uh, retro was, throwback. I wish yeah. the Pixel remasters still had that because four and, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, five and six or four, five, six. I don't know if all of them did it, but the Super Nintendo ones had two player. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like going forward from 10, I mean. Well, 11, I don't even have really much of an opinion on other than I kind of felt jaded at that uh, point as a Final Fantasy fan. Um, and I've, the reason I've being played is... extensive amounts of 11. I think I'm one of the only people here that probably has. So, like, we'll yeah. just we'll just say that it has a shit story. Uh, great music. Um, the ladybug is bullshit. And it's one of the only MMOs you'll ever play where you can level down. You were punished. EverQuest style. 
for the dying. Wiping. Yes. yes. I you remember that. Lose XP, and if you lost XP to the point where it would put you below the threshold to the level you were at, it wasn't just, oh, you're at zero XP for this level. No, no, you would level down and lose a level. Welcome to Elo Hell. Yup. <laughs> Which is um, why FF11 wasn't well received. And the ladybug was literally, there was a Easter egg where there was a ladybug that you could target with attacks. It was level 99. It would fucking one hit you. There's no other people will say I totally beat it with a raid group. That's great. There's no reward. It's just a ladybug that fucking kills you. <laughs> because the developers Fuck wanted to save you. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing in Final Fantasy 11 I ever had was a cool poster that I had on my wall. But you I'm... know what's cool? the The idea is that they're they're trying to to build a FF of an FF 11 offline so that people who didn't play the original could play the game in a way. There was a mobile release that was both in limbo for production, and so now nobody knows where it's at. But, like, the idea is, like, maybe there's a story there, and they want to boil it down to an actual experience for people to play that never got to play the service. So I'm just going to throw back here. So Sin's back now, right? Like, what up, Sin? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so let's, let's, let's just... Let's just talk FF10 for a sec. So let's say, all right, so PS2 comes out. Big, big deal, right? Finally, uh, Square, Squaresoft, Square Enix, I can't remember what they were at the time, drops, hey, we're going to make a PS2 game. It's going to be Final Fantasy X. There's voice acting in it. Holy crap. You can't name your character because of that. I think you can only name Titus. Titus, Titus. Because they don't say his name. Exactly. Which people were mad about at the time, but it's like you got to understand the limitation of voice acting. It's just how it goes. But um us let's we'll, we'll touch base on the uh the laugh but the voice acting was fairly decent for ps2 era i can't name another ps2 game that really touched base on it at that time don't smack talk um, the laugh it's perfect and the um the pseudo sex scene where they're flying <laughs> through space there's your space Fucking that's analogy. exactly how they did it in final fantasy 6 and it worked then it's a they, they float through space what? as an analogy for sex. Okay, I don't, you don't believe me, JDK. I'll send you a, I'll send you a link to YouTube. Okay, no, hold on. But first off, okay. I never I never played six, so I have no idea what the fuck that's referenced for, and I okay. cannot even remember what you're talking about in ten right now. What so is in, this? In ten, in, in ten, at one point, Yuna and Titus are in a uh, pool of water, and they're basically like, "Oh, we love each other." Okay, and they start kissing, but then there's a whole cutscene where they're like floating in space and like flying around. It's supposed to be an analogy for sex. It's really stupid. When they're uh, they're about to cross that big lake, is that when yeah, the fucking right that, that that popular song hits and shit like that yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They it's, they, it's, they it's, try it's doing it all like Tidus, yeah, they dis- wrong. they Disney the shit out of it. Yeah, it's it's that, that's exactly how it happens at six. Yuna's gonna pass away or whatever from her quest, I think. And it happens oh, at yeah, six yeah. with who again? So in in the midpoint of Final Fantasy VI, uh, it's discovered that one of your team members is a like a summon. She is the offspring of a summon. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, what's Tara? her name? Tara. Yeah, Tara. Yeah. Tara. So she's one, a, she's an esper. She has like a flashback memory of her yeah. father's memories because you begin to commune with somebody who knew her father and she you kind of like have a flashback in the middle of the game and in that experience you get to see her father meeting her mother and then at one point 
they fall in love and she's like being sucked back into the human world and he doesn't want to let her go. And so he saves her from it and they kind of like debate whether or not. No, he doesn't save her from being sucked in, but she's going to voluntarily go back. And uh, he they debate whether or not, you know, they could exist as a couple. And then they kind of have like words and the characters float around the screen with like twinkles following them. And then they kind of just dance around and then suddenly like they're twinkles that are following them form a baby in the middle of the screen and that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. so there's yeah. like an analog is this for still like in love the pixel remake with yeah yeah oh yeah like legit oh, yeah. Pixel, yeah. it's a little <laughs> story right there like, the little pixel characters like roll around they roll around on top of each other left and right and then suddenly boom a baby yes. <laughs> anyway well. anyway before we get too far off track so to, to bring it back to 10 i want to talk about 10 yeah. Um, 10 was the first with voice acting all this stuff but let's not forget so up until 10 we had all these cool world maps and everything we had everything oh, but with 10 they decided to go the corridor route now at the time I can see why people are mad about this but I didn't hate it I, I don't think people did. were mad about it I don't think people were mad about it I think but they were I can, fine with it I think there was a lot of like why the change like people were very interested in it. The voice um, acting and it playing like a movie I think kind of just like from my personal experience you, 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 you actually, the, I didn't really care about an open world at that point because I was actually yeah. on a brand new adventure and a way of looking at Final Fantasy. That's what I thought. So before before I give up the floor I was going to say I'm going to bring up a few points that everyone can touch on and it was the corridor aspect. Uh, the opening song, uh, Otherworld, is fucking legendary. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> Xanarkin um, theme Blitz, is also fucking boss. Yeah, Blitzball uh, being an interesting minigame, uh, and it deserves its own spin-off game. Square Enix, you better be fucking listening. Um, if so, sponsor. Yeah. Um, and you can't talk about FF10 without uh, acknowledging Better or worse, it fucking decided, you know what? Fuck the level up system. Let's try something new. The sphere grid. So I wanted to open up what people's thoughts were on those things, uh, specifically like the corridor, the characters, voice acting, and especially the sphere grid, because there are very mixed opinions on that. And I will I will acknowledge that the sphere grid versus uh, initial release versus deluxe release are completely different. There's a hard mode sphere grid. So if you want to go into that, you can. But. Let's hear what everyone else has to say about that. Okay, I want to start with Corridor. Yeah. As somebody who's played every Final Fantasy in every mainline game, right? And the online ones to a degree. Um, I I want to say that the Corridor thing is really overblown. So, like, this is a narrative. I mentioned earlier in the podcast that the... I've always seen Final Fantasy mentioned in the decline in media so like the press and like reviews have always been negative and everyone is talked down and i think the corridor thing is one of the big talking points because everybody hated on 10 for becoming very linear until the very end and then it opened up and it didn't open up in the best way but it still tried right and i would argue that after 10 13 did the exact same thing and 15 did the exact same thing, but in like a weird remix. So the straight, n- straightforward nature of Final Fantasy X is not a unique thing. If you look at Final Fantasy VI as an example, 
Final Fantasy VI performs 99% the same as Final Fantasy X. You follow a straight line for your story until the very end. There's only very minor deviation from the main story to actually do anything on the side. Final Fantasy XIII, on the other side of that, does the exact same thing. It It's a straight line all the way through, but it has very minor deviation here and there until it gets to a point at the very end where it kind of opens up. And Final Fantasy VI's opening up is very much the same as Final Fantasy XIII's. It's just more entertaining. <laughs> and ten is too, but I think what fails ten for its corridor system is the world map. So like the transition between the old style world maps of Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine, which is based on the Super Nintendo four, five, six, and one, two, three. Like that world map system is gone in ten and it's now just a menu and you're expected to pay more attention to your personal experience navigating the world which makes it feel much smaller and so the corridor fails 10 because the world map feels smaller because you don't have any external context to how big the world is until it shows you the map screen indiana jones style yeah i i can i can agree with that um that was a very jarring experience for me. I picked up Final Fantasy X as a greatest hit. Um, I won't get into detail, but I will say it's the first game that my mother refused to let me play alone because she was invested in the story, so I had to play it when she was around. Aww. Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> it's it's um, awesome. What yeah, an my, 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 my mom loved that. Um, That's tens. funny because I tell my mom I, when I stream on Twitch and she can pop in if she really wants to. And she's just like, no, I watched you playing video games enough when you were growing up. And I'm like, oh, OK, good. My mom is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10, 10 was the one game she watched. But if I was if I was grinding or leveling, she didn't give a shit. It was I had to tell her when narrative was back on screen. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. Um, I, I would agree with that. Like 10, I think I think I would I would expand on what DHR said and say that they had a high expectation of the player evolving, getting older, maturing to accept these changes. And a lot of them couldn't. Yeah. Um, I personally didn't mind it. It was something different to me, but I think my age range and experience played a factor in that. There were a lot of people older than me that just shit on this fucking game. They just could not accept the change. Um, and I get it. I, I don't, I don't hate them for it or anything like that. It's, I, I think what you 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 really nailed it there, DHR. And it, it's a lot of people could not accept the change. People younger than us listening to this won't understand that Final Fantasy from nine to ten, so what we'll call it seven, eight, nine, and then ten, the shift was gargantuan. It, <laughs> it, it they flipped, they took the entire formula and said fuck that and made a whole new one. I think it you can still that see it, that. I think anybody can still that see it. that, though. If you, if you, especially if you were to yeah. play the games from like three through five, like mm -hmm. that formula is, it's, it's prevalent in all of those games. It's probably also in one and two, and those, and again, two is also revered as like one of the hardest to play, from what I've heard. I've never played it more than about five minutes on the Origin Collection I picked up for PSX. And same goes for, for the original Final Fantasy. I never really played it because I realized, oh, okay, I see. This is the original grinding out a game type uh deal so like 
when you say gargantuan, I do agree because like the big blow up from six all the way through 10, I already knew 10 was going to be a completely different ballpark just on based on the fact yeah. that it was on PS2 and they said that they were doing voice acting and it was like this whole new blend of trying to mesh CGI into the actual gameplay. If you look at it actually now, that's actually how a lot of games work. They want the cutscenes yeah. and the story and the dialogue to be seamless within the gameplay. Disclaimer, for anyone, anyone, anyone younger than us, I want you to pause the podcast now. I want you to go look up opening cutscene FF10, Otherworld. I want you to see Tidus playing Blitzball when Sin attacks and tell me that is the hypest shit you've ever seen. Now imagine alternatively, seeing alternatively, imagine seeing that. Imagine no, seeing that. Imagine stop, seeing that, stop, though. Stop, stop. What if you happen to look up the intro movie to final fantasy eight. Cause that's just that's as true. epic to true. me. <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. What I'm saying though is, okay. Imagine you've come off FF seven, eight, nine, and you see this fucking hype ass cutscene to 10. And then you get an hour into 10 and realize, Holy shit. What is this? Like that was a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. You know what? There's something to be said about like the clarity of, dvd technology at the time because the cutscenes in 789 are all ps1 quality and they're all a little bit um blurrier and like softer and of they did their best. the they in-game did graphics did. don't don't match it quite the same way but uh like when you get to 10 and the cutscene with the other world music and like sin's attack on xanarkand is it's a phenomenal experience on ps2 in that era with that amount of technology where suddenly this the crispest craziest cutscene you've ever seen in your life just like it was amazing back in the day mm-hmm. so for ben, for those not I watching for those, for, those, for those not watching i have linked the actual cutscene to the to the other members here just in case they need a refresher so i want to jump in here and just say i want to do this all one by one because I like the points that people brought up, mm-hmm. but I want to kind of go around the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah each one. As mm, far yeah. as the tunneling aspect goes, that's every fucking Final Fantasy game. That's right. It the is corridor, absolutely every. Yeah, it is. I give you every that. single game. Like that's uh, pretty Final much Fantasy any good game. Though. Is on a tunnel. Yeah. Final Fantasy Five is a tunnel. Final Fantasy Six is a tunnel. There are points in a lot of the usually at the end. (laughs) Yeah, usually at the end, but sometimes like somewhere in the middle where things kind of break off, where there's a number of different tunnels that you can go down. But eventually it all comes down to, hey, you've done every other tunnel. Now go down this last tunnel you have left. FX FF6 is a great example of that. That's what I hated about Final Fantasy 15. FF7, 8, 9, I think deviated to, hey, look at all these side quests you can do. And I think what it is is people, internet wasn't a thing, right? So they just heard a lot of feedback of, fuck, there's too much to do. So in 10 and all that, they reeled it back. Hold realizing. on. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 should, I should give this back to Sin, sorry. But I will, I will just say, like, it just yeah. felt like there was a lot to do in 789's open world, and some people didn't approve of that. And I think they dialed it back, but they dialed it back too hard. Okay. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the interesting. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just have to touch on this. The I love seven, eight, nine because I have beat those games inside out, and I never used a guide. 
Final Fantasy X makes everything needlessly complicated. So everybody argues how it's a terrible game because it's a straight line, but it has the worst and most complicated and most annoying side quests. Everything mm-hmm. in that fucking game That's is true. fucking garbage to get any. I don't ever want to do any of the like mid to late post game stuff. None of it. I don't want to do any of it. For Final, Final Fantasy story. X. For Final Fantasy yeah. X. Final Fantasy yeah. X. I hate all of it because they Limit. make it so needlessly complicated and punishing to the player limit especially limit breaking in and thunder planes that's all i gotta no, say limit, limit I, I don't care about that but like the dark summons in the international version and everything that they added to that game just make it terrible i can yeah. do anything yeah, yeah. blind without a guide never used a guide and i can still yeah. do it in final fantasy 79 but 10 let's, is just too complicated no let's throw back sin and jdk here what they got to say about it yeah like the the big thing to me is that there was this and a number of portions i'm going to use ff6 as the best example because i feel like it kind of had the best mix of everything where there was this illusion of choice yeah they created this illusion of you can go to all these different places and do all these different things but really the only things that actually mattered as far as the storyline was concerned, we're going to these railroaded places. And in a lot of the story, like, especially up to like mid game when everything goes to fucking shit, um, are extremely railroaded. And even afterwards, it's like you still have, you have a small number of different things you can go and do that will eventually, like, every time you, you okay, I go, go do this one cool now i have one less thing i can actually go do i can go to these other places but they're meaningless at this point until i've done x thing or done y thing it was an illusion really and the amount of backlash at 10 and 13 never made sense to me because i mean i can get it a little bit more on 13 because 13 was straight up a railroad until the end of the game. And even at the end of the game, the extra things that you could go and do were monster like, hunts. they were monster. Hunts. Exactly. That they were, it. yeah, it was like, Hey, this worked in FF 12. We can go do this here. <laughs> okay, cool. A little bit of extra and game padding. Sounds I like didn't really go in and do too. that stuff because it wasn't really that enjoyable. Honestly, right. the big thing I liked in 12, cause I, I did not like 12. I'm not a big fan of 12. One of the few things I did like in 12 was going and doing the like the different monster hunts that you could no, do because yeah. they were fun. That makes sense. But um, in 10, at the end of the game, like once you got the airship, they kind of opened up the world map for you to travel through. And while it wasn't like even close to like the perception of seven or eight or even six or even four, where you could kind of go do whatever the hell you want, it was the same thing. Like there was different places you could go, then do different things. Like you go to the like underwater ruins, and you go to all sorts of different places. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. JDK, what what do you got to say about that? Oh, and when it comes to like the whole corridor thing, I think that's like, I think just ten in general, or just in ten in general. Well, ten's like start where you want to. Well, I remember getting ten for like Christmas actually when it came out because it came out I think around like November or December when it did. Um, I had already kind of like assumed that I was going to be going into Final Fantasy evolving much like I think, you know, we're going to be going into with Final Fantasy 16 next month or this month. Actually, it's already June 6th right now or June 1st. 
Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, <laughs> okay. So, so for reference, uh, June. Final Fantasy 10 was July 19th, 2001. July 19th, 2001. Yes. Uh, that was, uh, Japanese release, uh, North American release was December 17th. Yeah. See, that makes more sense. That's when I got it for Christmas. Right. I uh, feel so old. Uh, and for the record, anyone who wants to play 10 10 2, they are on sale right now until June 7th on PSN. Oh, sponsored we'll talk, by Square. We'll, t- we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a second because we still need to get into like FF13. Is that the HD remasters? They are the they are the remastered <laughs> version. Anyway, JDK. Are, are we moving so, outside? So, so or, I'm no, gonna no, I'm JDK gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my my final note on it because there was also the breakdown of I still want to go back to that because we were discussing corridor and other stuff and like again when you right. talk when you talk about corridors and stuff like that I feel any good game is going to naturally point you in the direction of where you need to go to push the narrative of the story. A shit game will not have that worked in the mechanics and will have you run around aimlessly for hours like it's a sandbox game. And then you completely lose interest because then you've done the whole sandbox activity and you're like, where the fuck do I go for the story? You have no fucking clue where to go back then in the back in the day. It wasn't so easy to look up a guide for some niche game. Nowadays, yeah, you so probably can find somebody who wants to crack that out. But anyway, no, 10 for me was get it at Christmas and I literally degen played that game for the whole two weeks of Christmas break. I distinctly remember getting up, grabbing my bag of chocolate-covered almonds, and downstairs to the family room and popping myself in the den, loading up Final Fantasy X. And I loved it for the sense that I knew I was just getting walked through a movie. I was finally getting walked through a movie of Final Fantasy. I wasn't actually, like, immersing myself in the dialogue and, like, just completely involving what I could within the imagination I drew from the actual game, reading through the actual material, deciphering the relations between the characters and everything. I didn't have to think that hard. I didn't have to think that hard with 10 fucking game did it for me. And it didn't in a way that it was like the first thing you saw, because again, kick ass fucking cutscenes that almost matched the actual gameplay that had a lot of stuff that was pretty cringe though. Because again, let's be honest, voice acting was still at the point for series like that. And I think it was pretty good. Who's wasn't bad for, what, for the time, like where we're talking to the no, like, voice he, acting was pretty good. No, it was actually pretty good. But like, I for, think it was phenomenal for, for, for first appearance. Like, yeah, yeah. But for me, yeah, I agree that like if I did not have a guide and tell me where to get the Mega Sisters, where to go get Anima, uh, and also too, like the whole thing, like yeah, it felt like you had access to the whole big world at the end. But it's really just because the airship had all those bullet points of where you went in the story. And you would just yeah. look at the map and you're just like, oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I probably didn't do shit there. I'll go there so, and I'll finish that up. What's yeah, the like, Omega Ruins? What? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll touch base on that for you here and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up pretty nicely. So there was there was a lot of quests that were called limit break quests to do over four digits of damage. Without a walkthrough, oh they were near impossible. Also, so hard. Good luck dodging 100 lightning in the Thunder Plains at RNG. I don't and there, there's two to halves to every up. quest. It's... Yes. So that said, and in, in the international versions, they flip all that on their head. International versions being they actually added an expert mode. Now, the one thing I want to lightning round to all you guys before we move on from FF10 was nobody touched on how they felt or what they felt influenced the sphere grid. And the reason I want to, I really want to throw back and have everyone roundabout with that is because up until FF10, the sphere grid like when you compare it to any other XP system, it's night and day. There's 
you you could obviously compare it to other games, but in terms of Final Fantasy, go from one to nine and then ten, the sphere grid changes everything. That was them like modernizing the job classes, if you yes. want to be honest with me. Because, I know what it is. Yes. Yeah, well, and, we, and we, all, so we all know this, I, but we just want to know our opinion a, on it. It, it. it took me a while to acclimate to the sphere grid, but honestly, I found myself enjoying it. I found it interesting right. to explore what I could do with it. Um, though I did find it a little difficult to grasp at the time. Nowadays, it's simplistic compared to what what's out there. But yeah, um, I I found it at the time it was very jarring. Well, the game I think also at the put... time. Go sorry. ahead. Sorry, well, I think, uh, I, yeah. I think at the time, the sphere grid can kind of be pointed to Diablo two. Because the growth like system the... for the characters and the skills that they have is like this mm. tree of like choices that you get. Interesting. And it's okay. it's the closest kind of most popular game in the world at that time. As as like, somebody who as somebody who legitimately has over ten thousand hours in Diablo two, I, I find that an interesting opinion. I'm not gonna say you're wrong. I'm just saying I, I don't I don't think it's the same. Out. It's not the same because obviously Diablo Two's is only skills, but Final Fantasy X's is like stats. Yeah. It's stat growth. At the same time, it's it's like tangentially connected because Diablo 2 was probably the most popular game in the entire world at the time. Okay. Sin, JDK? So, and I'm going to throw this back in your face just a little bit because you hate okay. fucking junctioning so much. <laughs> um, okay, I'm it's, I'm Hell yeah. I'm it is. Okay. So... In all the Final Fantasy games, they always try something a little different to see if it catches on, see if people like it, you know, mm -hmm. change up how the game can be played. Okay. Uh, in some of the, like, FF5 was a little bit more because it had the job systems. FF6, yep. not so much. They had, like, the, the growth that you could make in each individual character do through the Esper system. Seven uh, FF7 was Materia. FF8, junctioning. FF9, I don't fucking know. I never nine, played it. Nine was the equipment system. We won't get into that, but it, you, learn, <laughs> okay. you learned abilities from equipment. Yes. FF10 was the sphere grid. That was their interesting thing that you could do to min-max the game. I feel like a lot of people took it more seriously than it needed to be taken because Agreed. it was not as complicated as it looked. Agreed. It looked yes. terrifying. It was fucking not. It was very railroaded yes. in a it's lot of crazy. ways. With the exception of the locks, you had to be yeah. on a second playthrough. The locks made like more sense to very be very careful with. But you're right in the fact that it like I got zombie attack instead of Ultima, and I still finished the game just fine. Mm -hmm. But Ultima makes the game ten times easier if we're being honest. Yeah, it was really and, like. It opened things up a little bit to be able to kind of play with the game a little bit how you wanted to min max if you wanted to or to go the hard route and do something wacky. Yeah, if you the felt only, like it. The only exception to the rule is um, in the international version of 10, there's the expert mode sphere grid that required you to know what the fuck you were doing or get fucked. Um, those that know that those that have played it know. Otherwise, I I recommend grabbing the HD version and playing the expert mode sphere grid. Let me know how your experience is. I um, played the sphere grid the second, the expert mode sphere grid the second time I played Final Fantasy 10. It's a lot um, more difficult. 
I didn't play it again after beating it in like 2001, whatever, until okay. until the PS3 and Vita remasters that became the current standard of the game. Yeah. So that international version with the extra hard grid, I chose that. And lo, lo and behold, I managed to put Kamari on like, hey, he's not half bad at the, like the early, at the early beginnings sensei. of the game. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> I felt He's like so he was bad. better in the international version. I don't believe wee, you. Wee, hot take, please. Wee, hot wee. take. Oh, I swear to God, I, he was better in the international version than the original release. Dude, like, you're gonna have him... to. You're, you're gonna have to write me a guide, dude, because Kamari for me got worse. I'm gonna say well, this to be, one thing to though be fair. about the grid system, though. Uh, because mm-hmm. my main takeaway from it is that uh, much like how Final Fantasy started putting you in the position of just like switching around characters. <clears throat> the only reason that it looked overwhelming is if you wanted to take your compare uh, character in a completely different direction than the narrative of the game already set out for you. Yes. Because like you were Fair. basically slotted with like Titus and Yuna and Waka and... Uh, Riku right. and Aaron, like all, I'm actually impressed that I remember a lot of their names. No, uh, and and I know where you're going with this for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's just, the fact is that you're 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 basic Titus. Sorry, Titus is what I say. Fuck my whatever. It, Titus. <laughs> that's Titus. what. No, no. Titus uh, is the, the spike. That's not as bad. Them. That's not as bad as when I used to say Almicia as Almedica as a kid. There's oh, no God. fucking T in her name, bro. But my <laughs> my thirty my thirty five year old brother still calls a reticle a reticle. So like you're you're good, dude. But anyway, let me just so, Sempernoth. T- oh God, I got to pull back to that meme. Fuck, still got the footage. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> that was the thing for me is that when I looked at the grid, I'm just like, okay, well this is easy. I just stick to where the game wants me to like level up around, and I should be fine all the way to end game. And yeah, guess what? It's yeah. true. Now the one thing that I'll ever be salty about with Final Fantasy X is I have a copy that is glitched right at the fucking final cutscene right after you fight sin and shit and it has that cutscene of like titus crying and shit like that my game freezes right at that point no. with, with his ugly ass crying face i have oh, had this no. and, and i honestly as a kid wanted to just go rent a copy from blockbuster just switch the discs so i could get rid of my shit because this is before the era of JDK like stream jdk <clears throat> stream this is it's on sale JDK stream. <laughs> the fucking yeah, I get if you really want me to play Final Fantasy ten poop, I'll beat it. But anyway, no, that's not the point. Is that like any time <laughs> that I went back to try and, and play the game through again and stuff like that and load off of my I could didn't know if it was a save file or is the disc, but this is just like how we brought up about like the subs and dubs thing. This was my first experience of having a game that probably had something busted in the code that required a firmware update or yeah. something to that effect, and you can't roll it out at that era because back then you if you got a shit copy of the game, GG's. Yes. You would have to look out. Shit, I had a shit copy of Dark Cloud 1. I hear you, dude. I had a copy of Dark Cloud 1 where it was literally unplayable. So There's annoying. You could do. So fucking annoying. I love annoying. PlayStation games, but fuck Dark Cloud 1. <coughs> so, so Dark, I had, a copy, game. I had a doc, copy of Dark Cloud 1 where in the underwater uh, world where you had to fight the mermaid... Uh, as the final boss, uh, she one hit you as soon as you walked in the room, unavoidable. There's nothing you can do. I I literally leveled up to like the highest level with the highest level weapon, like the the fucking the seventh heaven sword and everything. I grinded for 200 hours. You walk in the room, she kills you. I I put in a different disc, and I was able to surpass her. My disc was literally bugged. There's nothing to pull I could the do. wrong 
like really punishing code for her behavior. It it literally gave her a one hit kill code that gave her like a nine 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 attack. Did you like Dark Cloud two? Dark Cloud, I prefer Dark Cloud one. Anyway, um, but you can like drown because you run out of bread in that game, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so to sorry, uh, I. Yeah, just to, to finalize it, like FF10 was a very interesting take. It had the Albed language, it had the sphere grid, it had the linear, and it was it was such a departure. It had a sport. It literally had a fucking sport in it, dude. Which it, other it Final Fantasy had again, shit? Square Enix, if you're listening, I will take a fully fleshed out $60 Blitzball game. I am waiting. You can get my cash right now. Okay. It can even be bugged day one. I'll, I'll still fucking that. buy it. But this isn't it was a mini game, game, not like any other, except that it was a bit different. And no. ten two ruins the mini game, but we won't get into that. We don't talk about ten two. That's the first rule um, of ten two. We don't talk Blitz about ten two. So so um before we, we get too carried away, obviously we wanna we wanna move on. There's so much you could talk about no, with ten. Blitzball is junk. I just wanna say blitzball oh. is junk. Okay. Sacrilege. Okay, it's I'll give you I'll give you I'll shitty give you hockey I'll with give you RNG. It is shitty hockey, you're right. But it was <laughs> fucking shitty damn it. hockey with RNG and it's just shitty RNG too. It sucks. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, I didn't play Blitzball outside of the quest that you have to do in the story. Okay, so, so hear me hear me out. I'm saying I want a Blitzball fleshed out spin off. Yeah, yeah. That's different. I get that. But like the Let original... EA develop it. Give it to EA. Oof. Yes, sure. EA can win. Oh uh, shit! One. My Titus card ran out of days, nope. and I have to pull it yeah. underwater. Oh no! Transactions at all. I'll so, fucking pay him. So moving I on. Better pull another uh, surprise pack. <laughs> so 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 moving on. Obviously, like um, there's there's so much talk about the MF10. We can we can sorry, get into that. No, it's but all good. J, JDK mentioned uh, a little bit ago uh, what what he feels. What, what do you what do you think the best hero and then what the best villain is in all of Final Fantasy? And I don't oh, think those yeah. can be from the same game. I think you can you can interchange them. So who would be the best hero? If you that's villain? Sin's topic too. I just want to make that I, well, clear. The too. villain one, I, I came up with that. Yeah, you and I added hero because I figured why. Yeah, not? I like that. I think you would be hard. I just want to say I think you would be very hard pressed to find the best hero and the best villain from the same game. Yeah, I think it's that would be very tough. I think, it, yeah, I I don't think we'll hold it to the same game, but I think it's still interesting to know. Okay, so let's 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 maybe start with the best. Let's start with the best hero and then move on to the villain. Um, so who wants to start? Uh, Sid, why don't you actually go ahead since you actually brought that up as a topic of discussion? Uh, who's your best hero and best villain in all of Final Fantasy? Nice. Best best hero is a hard one. It really mm-hmm. is because like, Not there's bad? there's so many heroes and storylines to them in all the final fantasy series that it's hard to pick one out that really stands above the rest and as as much as like it's kind it's it's a little bit narratively weak in some senses i'm going to actually have to go with the cecil from final fantasy 4 nice simply because like of all the Final Fantasy games, they go through the most transformation Hell yeah. in their their journey. And while, like, honestly, narratively, Final Fantasy IV is not the strongest title at all, it's 
it's the most interesting transformation of a specific individual main character, like protagonist of the entire game in that they realize that their current existence will not give them the, the, the outcome they desire. And they radically transform and change themselves to meet the end goal that they, that they desire. That's such so, an awesome, uh, awesome answer. Final Fantasy IV is an amazing game that is overlooked because it's simplistic. But, mm-hmm. like, those characters have so much importance and, like, go through a lot. Like, people don't look at Cecil the same way anymore because his story is so simplistic. So that's that's really cool to, to hear. Like, yeah. I love that. For, I Force is a really interesting game in that sense, in that none of the story is super in-depth. They really kind of barely touch on a lot of points. But there's a yeah. lot of different points of each thing. So if you like read into them and kind of dwell on them a little bit more than they probably intended that you would. Uh, you can find some really interesting narratives within it. Uh, best villain though. Easy answer. Hands down. Kefka from final fantasy six. No other villain fucking I wins. That. I saw that coming. No other villain yeah, wins. That Kefka wins. Yeah. Kefka wins halfway through the game. Kefka's like, haha, guess what? I fucking won. You fucking wake up like year or two down the road the narrative picks back up where oh, it's, it's a time, already there's won. a time skip in game oh, oh yeah so yeah you're you're just the queen oh yeah Spoilers. I, I'm, I'm 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 yeah. like i'm i'm like sin with final fantasy 9 over here <laughs> yeah, oh, so, sorry spoiler uh, no i know it's all good it's all good it's, all it's good, really yeah. good it's a good moment and and it's something that never was done previously in I think any game it's never been done point. the same either and I don't think it's ever been done exactly the same the closest since. I can the closest I've come in an RPG to Final Fantasy 6's World of Light versus World of Darkness is Dragon Quest 11 so if anybody played Dragon Quest 11 like that's close that's as close as a modern equivalent comes yeah so. but basically it was the fact that this villain who seems and is styled upon a clown is a clownish (laughs) kind of feels like a comedic sort of error in the game to that point is actually 100% on it. They've, they've discovered the weakness in the world They've taken advantage of it. They've taken its power for their own. It's they just the power of the, the statues. Right in. Sin, <laughs> exactly. Sin they has win. unlocked a fun anecdote when I get to villains for that. <laughs> they Kefka has game shark. They yeah, they they literally <laughs> took over the world. They were hundred percent successful. And it's only like far after the fact that you come back to the the characters of Final Fantasy VI that are all Beaten and broken and damaged. That's how Final Fantasy 15 works. By any for, for anybody else who doesn't know, like you get to the point where it jumps several years into the future, and then you resume the quest of the main character. But now he's matured into the role of the oh, hero. That's that why there's old Noctis and young younger Noctis. I see. Yeah, okay. and so you you get this 
you get the story segment where you finish the game where he's the adult that everybody thought he was going to be. And so you, you get the end game with the open world at the beginning versus the end of the game. So you, you spend a whole bunch of the game, like exploring the sandbox at the beginning of the game to build your characters. But like the actual story at the end, you have to work to satisfy the, the actual final result. But uh, when you do, it's pretty good. Like, I, I think that game is fundamentally, it was not a great game when it came out, but it's a really good game now. Okay, but Hero, it's, Hero, it's Hero, just Dylan not a complete Hero, Hero RPG. Just so as a final didn't... thought on Kefka. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Their, sorry, sorry. their existence and the way they're portrayed through the story just creates this really interesting dynamic of this like hopeful and like triumphant first half of the game that suddenly completely goes to shit and the next quarter of the game is just this bleak hopeless shitty world that so good. It, so, it's, like every it's, legend of it's, zelda it's crap. ever it's completely crap but Legend of Zelda kind of presents that early as <laughs> the world, the world of ruin, the world. Yeah. So you're not expecting it in Final Fantasy six is what you're, you're saying. not because it's like this hopeful journey of like, OK, we're going to defeat this empire. But hey, guess what? The fucking empire wasn't the problem. It was Kefka, who was part of the empire and was playing Ke- the emperor Jedi for General. a fucking yeah. fool. Kefka and completely destroyed the entire fucking world, ripped continents apart completely had this fucking giant tower of go fuck yourself in the center of the world with a fuck off laser beam that would just anyone who fucking he didn't the like light of judgment fucking, the light of judgment fucking bam you're gone your entire town is just I, dust I, now the only drawback they had was the way he accomplished this is he found three statues that if he pushed one of them fuck you uh, they were we the source to... of all magic. So yeah. as soon as the balance was <laughs> set off, he misaligned one of them and everything went fucking wacky. He figured out yeah. how to fuck the MacGuffin became ridiculously I, I, powerful. I just want to clarify: I, I the MacGuffin is weird. The MacGuffin is weird, but it is it is legitimately is the fact that the villain found the root of all power to the world, which is a really cool concept. Like. Mm-hmm. You don't always see the villain find the root of all things that are cool and amazing in the world and say, fuck the world and everything that's amazing. That sounds yeah. like another and villain that I know. he literally just flipped off Sephiroth? the world and figured know. out how like to screw cool. with it. So, DHR, let, yeah. let's, let's hear your, your hero and villain. Oh. Best like hero? Of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm torn between Zidane and Cloud because... Okay. Both of them have like a I'm I'm a dick and disconnected and then I have a revelation and I have an emotional connection. And I feel like that because I was a dick and a kid who was disconnected and hated my life. And then I grew to be softer and I appreciated okay. the things that were around me and I feel like I grew in a good way. Okay. Similar to these characters. So both Zidane and Cloud are very close. But if anything, like... I don't know. Who's the best hero? Who's the best villain? Okay, let's go to villain. Who's the best villain in this franchise? Let's do it. I think... I think it's Zirimus. He comes out of nowhere and he just wrecks house. (laughs) 
I like that. I re- I really like that. Like okay. He, okay. he he was the closest one other two than Kefka who won. <laughs> no, he, no. He was no, a close. I'm sorry. He was close. I'm so sorry. No. I think Kefka is my favorite villain. Hey, always, yeah. For those that don't know, this favorite. motherfucker just said that the worst villain is the dark energy of the moon from Final Fantasy IV. No, he's the corrupted souls <laughs> of people who grew up on the moon. <laughs> same the difference. First humans. <laughs> it's not the same difference. It's different. It's it's way different. <laughs> fucking fucking around. I know. Okay, so I Kefka's forgot the that. Best I forgot. I forgot Zeramus was the final one. Yeah. Fuck. He's Zeramus is. He's the embodiment of hate because he's controlling Golbez the whole time, right? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. yeah, he's the hate of the past controlling the current cool. So who's the best hero? That's the thing, and I, I think I'm thinking like Cloud is the best hero because he's like caught up in his like drama. He's so blind to what's going on around him because he's so dwelling on what's going on in his heart. And I feel like I relate to that as a child and a teenager. That is so me that I'm like, I'm headstrong, focused on my corrupted, fucking broken memories of everything. And it's like, no, man, you you are too fucked up. You didn't realize what was going on. But actually, I think the the best hero in all of the Final Fantasy games, it's Squall. Hmm. That's interesting. Because he says whatever. <laughs> because he just goes shit. along with it, right? He doesn't give a shit. Like he's looking at pe- things going around him and he doesn't realize how it relates to him emotionally and he says whatever and he he shrugs it off. And that's so indicative of a teenager and the way that people live their lives growing up and finding themselves that I think he's the best hero for a person to not look at it in a way where they realize, like, this might be about you. They don't realize that. They look at a story about Squall, and maybe in the latter half of the game, they're like, oh, that's kind of like stuff I've decided in my childhood, in my teenager years. Like, I think it works Mm -hmm. really good. So Squall is the best hero. That's, That's my choice. I want to just jump in here for like two seconds and say some of the things you touched on were really interesting. Like the, the stuff about cloud cloud is like the, the epitome of the semi-functional adult that I am yep. in my current life totally. where it's like, you're technic, you're there and you're like present, you're doing stuff, but it's like, fuck, I don't know what's going on anymore, man. I'm just, I'm just trying. Okay. And then is this um, what mom felt. That's what I always say. Is this right? <laughs> he just doesn't know what's going on anymore. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, he's trying to fake pieces together and then he goes fucking insane. He has a fucking midlife crisis. Like, I feel he that. Sephiroth off the black materia. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Oh. right? <laughs> fucking stabs Aerith because he's like, I don't know. She was fucked up or something. I don't know. Reunion. He told me I was a puppet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? He just has like a fucking fugue state. Goes on, he fucking just stabs her. But then Squall's like a very also interesting choice because it's like Squall way, way more mellow, mellow than Cloud because he doesn't make a lot of the mistakes that Cloud makes. But I feel like you still learn the same mistakes that Cloud gets. 
mm-hmm. in the character. They're very it's, similar in a lot of ways. So, yeah, like there's a reason why Final Fantasy IX, they're like no cloud nor strife, because uh, cloud nor squall, whatever it says, like it, it, it relates to both heroes in one sentence at the end of Final Fantasy IX. It's like really cool moment that where like the villain is monologuing and quotes both the heroes in the previous games. It's like they all make the same mistakes and they all learn in their unique ways. And I think that's really cool. I just think that Squall is my favorite because it was the first one that I was waiting for mm-hmm. when it came out. Whereas Zidane is after that. And I love that game more than almost anybody. But it, it's, I don't know, like, is there a better hero than Cloud, Zidane, or Squall? Or is is that the definitive choices? Is anybody going to say Titus? There's so many choices. It's, it's, it's a tough wild. call. It is I'm, a tough call. I'm going to let JDK go first because I'm going to screw this whole segment up. So. No, hey. no, you go hot take, yes. Kuba, Let's you go, you go not even, first, no, not even a let's hot go, take. All, not even a hot take. It's gonna it's gonna fuck it all up. Go ahead, JDK. It's gonna fuck it all up. I. Well, I mean, again, like I kind of agree with like points that Sin and DHR already kind of touched on. I mean, I could make a an argument for Cecil. I could make an argument for Squall. Damn sure could make an argument for Cloud. Honestly, I probably would have to say like I would put him um, as the top hero because he was the most relatable for me. And to go through life and not really have an idea of who you are, but to emulate somebody as a hero, and to also discover that who you might be emulating as a hero is actually a villain. Um, and then oh it puts you into like, so, it, it puts you into like a depressive state because now you have to it come to the realization that everything that you followed was a lie and everything that you thought that this person embodied was just really actually the epitome of all evil. And I mean, for that, I'm actually going to honestly just tell you, yeah, Sephiroth is the best fucking villain. There has not been a villain that has transcended the series when it came through a remake like that with the awareness that he has in the remake, because literally Sephiroth has the attitude in the remake that he's already been through the original story with Cloud and that he's trying to actually change the judgment points. So for that, it's it's very interesting to see some uh, character that actually involves itself in not only um, being godlike. But time Sorry. travel as well, too. It, yeah, man, like this is why I say like and I, I make no joke. Sephiroth is like one of the best black mages out there because even his devout followers for reunion, they're all dressed up in black cloaks as well, too. All striving to like the crater where he essentially just was crystallized by the planet. Essentially, if you think about it, life force fighting back against the darkness. Right. Um I'm also biased, as you can say, against towards Final Fantasy seven. But I uh, if I really had to like pinpoint best hero and best villain i would say um best hero for me probably was squall uh much much for the fact much for the fact that again you are always going to be biased on your first version of a game that you play in a series i feel and final fantasy 8 for me was the first one but final fantasy 8 also had like squall had that fact of like i just don't care I'm a loner. I don't want to know love because love comes with all these emotions that I don't want to handle. And then life gets icky and I don't want to do that. And he, and and he, and he has that first stance, but throughout the game, Renoa opens up his heart. And the real contrast for me was that when you see the flashbacks with Laguna, 
Laguna had a thing going on with Renoa's mom. So it's almost kind of like in that sense, there is that truth sense of a love story. Uh, Yeah. You know, a love story of like what's supposed to happen will eventually happen. You know, I don't want want to quote Jurassic Park here, but nature finds a way. And in that little game, it literally fucking does in Albit in a crazy way where after disc one, it it does seem like some kind of weird fever dream where uh, Squall's fucking dying out. And I also had fun too when we were referencing that earlier because I was watching um, Sea Dog VA play, do his first play of that with Iron Mouse fucking watching the entire time. And like those discussions was like Squall's dead theory and all Medica's Renault and stuff like that. Like you could take a lot of that and find new material to draw from a playthrough from Final Fantasy VIII that I can't get with Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy IX in a lot of those games. Um, But when it comes to the villain, though, I do think about it now. And yeah, Sephiroth is an easy answer, but that's also probably what you would expect me to say for the points that I already made. What I do think is one of the best villains is Sin. And that is because that is a real story about a father son love story that has so much fucking hard points in it. And as somebody personally, who's like, I don't have my dad in my life anymore and I've lost him and stuff like that. And I remember playing through that game when I was still at a young age where he was still in my life and everything like that. I'm pretty sure if I went back to do another playthrough of final fantasy 10, those whole relations and shit would kill me. Cause the literal thing is that you're fighting to the end to kill your dad. It's kind of fucked in that way if you think about it, right? And the fact is, is that the final boss is literally a summon, and a summon has also been um, rooted in all of the Final Fantasies beforehand. Just much like how Chocobos make a recurrence, Muggles make a recurrence. There's always a character named Sind who usually ends up being um, an airship technician or an airship pilot or some other character of prominence in leadership stature. Um, And with Ten, it's just like one of those things where we talked about, like how. The uh, effects you feel is much like a movie when you're going through it. And when you do get to the final end there and you realize that it's actually um, Jet that you're facing and everything like that, it, I just, it kind of, it, it's kind of mind-blowing when you actually pull it down. It's a perfect love story for Titus with Yuna, but also at the same time, it's a love story between him and his father. So that's actually like that's pretty dark in sense of the villainry if you think about it because Cloud fought somebody that was like a hero to him uh, that was an idol that turned out to be a villain. Um, Zidane also fucking uh, really it's just I don't even know too much about like the Final Fantasy Nine emboss but like the whole stuff with like Garland and um, the other dude who I can't remember the name of right now I'm so bad I could probably look it up but Kuja Kuja thank you yeah the relationship that goes on between that and like you said, how like he finds out he's a clone and it's like, how could you just coach Vivi into, you know, realizing it's okay, bro. Like you have life though. Think about that. Yeah. Maybe you're a carbon copy, but if you think you're a carbon copy, life will be terrible. If you realize that you actually have life to experience, that is what fucking matters. But then he has identity crisis and shit. And that is its own kind of like turmoil and stuff. But I don't think I played a Final Fantasy where you're going to fucking kill family like that, save for Final Fantasy 4. And that's where I would say Goldblaze, which is where I also kind of agree with DHR as well, too. You know, um, and that's I think pretty cool. It, it's one of those things where, like, again, like you, you think about it in essence that Final Fantasy is a very much a love story, but is very much also like a love and relationships with friends and family story as well, too. And some of the best Final Fantasies have that like holy trinity where you're basically torn with those emotions and it makes you feel those emotions. So there you go, Pooba. That's kind of what I was going to say. You can feel free to come in and be the spoony mage that you is, but 
Yeah, I, I want to just jump in quick and say that I really like the point you brought up about um, Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. It is very true that with, and it's something that no other Final Fantasy antagonist has had the option to be self doing to be self-aware, to be meta. They're literally a meta villain in the remake where like they, they feel like it they never like Sephiroth. explicitly say it, but they Sephiroth, this is a meta in the, the remake, you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I I I agree with that. I'll let I'll let Sim finish and then I'm gonna fuck all this up. Yeah, fuck it up, Booba. But um yeah, like they're like they're a super meta villain. Um in the sense that they kind of know what's happening, know what has happened, and they're like they're trying to change their fate to a degree. Like they know what happened in the original and they're trying to put push that on its head. Basically turn that on its mm-hmm. head and change it. In the it. remake, right? Like yeah. yeah, in the remake specifically. In the original, honestly, they kind of felt a little bit milk toast as far as the villain yeah. went, where they were just like mysterious and weird. And that was right. it. <laughs> They were like vague, and then suddenly, like yeah. they're like, "I'm mad," and you're like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, <laughs> they were exactly. Um, and then uh, I just want to point out there that yes, my name is a Final Fantasy X reference. Uh, do with oh. that information as you will. Moving on. So, I'll uh, no. I'll, I'll introduce myself. My name is Puba. Uh, welcome to the Puba segment of the show where I fuck up the entire topic. Again. Uh, because I'm going to walk through a few <laughs> things here because I can't pick one for both We're categories. taking a fucking walk. Taking a walk. So I am a, a walk. I am a, a 14, 15 year old dungeon master uh, in, in terms of how long I've, I've done D&D. Um, and I, my strongest trait is writing villains, I like to say. So I'm very critical of villains. Heroes, I let the game design as as you will heroes are very difficult because heroes are defined by the player um so best hero i could say zidane is great for heart i would say nobody has more heart than zidane uh, if you played through True. nine and you just go through the narrative so obviously we're ignoring technical limitations of text-based games or snes or anything like that he, he disregards everybody but himself that's why his whole thing is so important is like he there, tells vivi to give it like don't yeah. worry about your problem because everybody should give a shit and then when it happens to him he's like oh shit this is yeah, actually kind of hard Zidane has a great heart <laughs> i mean there is a section where uh at the beginning of the game he loses his best friend who he's known yeah. all his life uh and you actually there's a segment of the game dedicated to just getting him back and he's not even a, ki- a good character. He's not even a main character. He doesn't even have precedence. But the game stops you in everything you're doing because the Dane's like, no, I got to get my friend back. This is important to me. And he, you don't even get to do it. Side characters get delegated to do it and bring him back. And it becomes a big deal. It, it's the dangers has a lot of heart to him. Um, Titus gets honorable mention as well, because again, the father son dynamic and the fact that Titus is the, one of the more relatable characters out of all Final Fantasy. Because Final Fantasy dedicates itself to being this big, grandiose premise of fantasy characters, of princes, of warriors and things. Titus is, if you, if you play the game, he's 
okay, so he's a, a sports star, whatever. That's that's as dumbed down as he gets. He's a sports star. But he's just he's just Joe Blow compared to everyone else. He's just a dude trying to live his life. He's just a guy and he has no fucking clue what's going on. He's skilled. Yes. He's, he's your, just a, your um fish out of water character. Yeah. And and uh, he gets, there's a name for it in like manga. Mm. I can't remember what it is, but it's like sh- the shonen and other like crazy popular mangas have like a name for like the fish out of water character that like breaks in an anime. Kind of <laughs> so, like, like an character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that that's yeah. I think that might actually be what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Be relatable, like the isekai main Wait a minute, was Final Fantasy X the first isekai? Yeah, hold totally up. Was. Hold up. I think hold so. Up. I think so. When you think about it, he might like it's so early. It's don't totally. don't go into it. It's not. It's absolutely okay. fucking not. It's not. So, but it could oh, be. If it's Final, Final Fantasy Ten or Final Fantasy. Cecil, yeah. In in terms of a, a fantasy heroic figure, I think Cecil takes the cake. Yeah. Uh, he's he's really hard to top. Uh, just in terms of the range of emotion, the dynamic he goes through. I love um, that. Final Fantasy Four is. So I will give good. honorable mentions. I will give honorable mentions uh, to Lightning because uh, I haven't played 13, 2, or 3, uh, but she can have a few on 3. I know. I've heard. Uh, but I've. she's Call a little underrated. It, she's stuck in a bad setting, but she has an interesting dynamic to her as well. Um, uh, Ramza from Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, if you ignore mm. uh, technical limitations, it, there's a very uh, interesting Game of Thrones intrigue that goes on with this poor... I've been adopted into the worst fucking family of all time. And I have to pretend I'm a good guy of all time. Yeah, literally (laughs) or the lions. Um, Now that said, heroes are difficult for me because again, that's really defined by the person playing them. You're always playing the hero. So let, let me get into the villains. This is where I fuck everything up. One of the best written villains in my opinion. And I, I told you, Sin, I, you unlocked a fucking a little nostalgia trip. So I'll get into that. But one of the best written villains of all time, in my opinion, is you can have a villain that says, fuck the world. That's Kefka. And he, he wins. And he, he do it well. Total points for me. He's top three, at least. And top two. Easy. I'd have a hard time deciding uh, who, would, who would beat the two at the top. But Kefka is one of them. Um, but there's nothing more dangerous. There's such thing as a villain who says, fuck the world, or I have a grudge, or this, or that. But that's a weak villain. The most dangerous villain. And I think... I'm not going to get into the nuances of this. I'm just going to reference it. Captain America 3, Civil War. The villain who believes they're the hero is the most dangerous villain you could ever have villain who thinks what they're doing is the right thing and you are the villain not them so despite the hate i have it's really hard not to award sephiroth a lot of points because sephiroth thinks he's the hero not the villain sephiroth believes what he is doing is right in his heart of heart his soul he will stand on that pedestal and die on that pedestal he's not insane that's why he's used yeah, by the player 
he's nuts. He's fucking insane. But if you listen to the narrative, what he believes is doing is right. What he believes is doing is pure. And that's dangerous. That's that's a villain. So I have to give credit where credit's due. I can hate on FF7 all I want, but Sephiroth's concept. Now, I'm not saying his translation and story-wise was well done in the original, but his concept... He has many problems. His concept is well done. Um, and it I was mirrored. Lot... It was yeah. mirrored in uh, Barthandalus from 13. In oh, that Barth... they... Wait, believed what? so much that they were correct and that they were doing what was best for in that the, in that case humanity and all that yeah uh, and that note like ff tactics gets a few notes of like the yeah i can't get an ff tactics that's a whole thing on its own there's a whole political intrigue to that there's a few good villains in there because there's a lot of villains and tactics it's it's not one pure villain it's there's a lot of villains um there's one interesting one that I'll bring up that's very subjective. Uh, and a lot of people can't speak to it because they don't know. But the player is the villain of Final Fantasy Type Zero uh, in the Fabula Nova Crystallis subseries. So 15, 13, and Type Zero. But Type Zero kind of sits as a prequel among those. Um, if you've never played Type Zero, I can say it's the darkest timeline. Uh, you play as um, what's his name? Uh, series, a series of characters. You play as class zero. You play as a bunch of characters, but like the yes. main most awful character is like one Sid. specific one of them all. And, and yeah, and Sid isn't evil because Sid knows what's happening the whole time and refuses to tell you that you've been living a matrix. Uh, and you've this has happened over six. It is the world of the matrix. I I actually had to Google it to get the exact quote, but it's happened 6 million times prior yeah. to your playthrough. I remember um, finding this out and I was like, oh shit, the, the entire like plot line of like this game so has happened. Here, here like, are your two choices. Millions of millions of millions of Which one is this? Like, type, type zero. zero. Oh. PSP exclusive and then later uh, be made as an HD version for PS3. It's it's really cool and it should have been a better game, but it's, yes. it's, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it did very well in Japan, did very poorly in North America. Um, you are the villain because at the end you're presented with an interesting choice and neither choice is correct. They're both the wrong answer. That's what the game tries to teach you is that you are only picking the lesser of two evils the entire game. You are a fuck up. You are literally either going to kill everyone or kill less people. That is your only choices. Welcome to the end of the game. Get fucked. You're a bad person. I hope you feel bad on both playthroughs. The end. That You are the villain of Type Zero. So the best villain of all Final Fantasy in your opinion is the, you, the player. The player. That, that, is, a, that is an honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> I, if, I had to, if I had to give something as the best villain, I, that's where I'm struggling. So that's why I'm kind of talking it out is because Sephiroth is, in my opinion, one of the best tropes. Okay. So um, Sephiroth is the best written, like, written immediate villain. villain but, like, you have to really look at all of it. You'd say like there's a better way to present a villain, and that's yeah, type, type zero and the type, type zero does a very big content. surprise, but it's very open to interpretation. So that's that's um, I would say me saying type zero is very subjective. 
it does uh, have to do with time loops in its story, right? Like, yeah, it's 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 a bit matrixy. Um, yeah. I, I'll give it that. Uh, Twelve is interesting for political intrigue. There is nothing interesting about the villain. It's very tropey. Uh, ignoring Vaughn because fuck Vaughn. I'm I'm in Sin's club with that. Fuck Vaughn. But I'm not gonna fuck him. Fuck his, Vaughn. His his, his 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 abs are too weird. <laughs> I know he's useless. But uh, true rest, and fair. <laughs> the rest of the game uh, has an interesting uh, kingdom warfare political stripe as well. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. So I guess I'm gonna close out with that anecdote I promised you. Um, sorry to waste time, but. Uh, uh, being a dungeon master for a very long time, the best anecdote I give you is I ran a campaign that lasted almost three years. And throughout the entire campaign, I dropped hints. I dropped plot points. I dropped everything. Oh, I know the story. The yeah. players picked up on. Um, but uh, it's a moment that will forever live in my heart is when they finally got to the biggest encounter, the, the big bad evil, big bad evil guy. And this isn't something, this isn't a new concept. I didn't invent this, but it was just the execution. And the players got to find out at the very end of three years of struggling, of needing these appointments to come play D&D, of getting together, of coordinating and everything. They were the fucking villains the entire time. And I made sure for 90 minutes... When they sat there in stunned silence, I went over every plot point for the last three years that they failed to pick up on. And when I planned this for three years, that you guys were the fuck-ups the entire time. But you believed what you were doing in your heart of hearts and your soul of soul was right. And I made you believe it because you believed in it. You all thought what you were doing is right, but I gave you every chance to repent, every chance to change course. No, you continue down the same path because you believed it was the right path. But in the end, it was you who fucked everything up. And the people you fight as the big bad evil guy, those are the heroes. Roll for initiative. And it was something I'll never forget, which is why I can shit on FF7 all I want, but it's really hard to ignore Sephiroth because, again, Kefka and Sephiroth are my two. Because Kefka, for one, he won. Sin hit the nail on the head. I don't have to elaborate. He won. And Final Fantasy wrote it in a way that was plausible. He won, and you're the fucking cleanup crew. It, it was realistic. It's, okay, yeah, we, we can beat Kefka, and we can help restore the world, but this bad guy won. He won. There's no going back. He won. Yes, the damage you know, is done. Damage is done. All we can do is exactly. rebuild. And that's fine. That's a great trope. I love that. But Sephiroth... <sighs> You may not have to understand him or the story, but what you need to realize when you read between the lines of Sephiroth believed what he was doing. Look at cult leaders. Look at uh, religious leaders. Look at... Uh, uh, I'm not going to get in depth of this because I don't want people to take it out of context, but look at like uh, World War One, World War Two, people who led those... like. You're just talking about the whole fact that if somebody is drawn into an idea and they follow it devoutly, mm-hmm. then that's essentially all they know. And, exactly. and not you're not using free thought to actually consider all the alternatives from like a neutral point of view, which is very they hard to see some- themselves as even, the hero. Even greater. Sephiroth believed he had free thought and you didn't. He believed he was the truth. He was convinced that what he was doing was 
the salvation. Totally. It wasn't it wasn't just he was insane, it was worse. He believed there was truth. And for a moment, for a moment, some players even playing agreed with him. Even though you had to play as the hero, you're like, well, he kind of makes a good point. That's the worst part about him is you agree with him, but you still have to struggle with the fact that the game is telling you you have to go against him because he's bad, and now you have to figure out why he's bad. And thats I'm not saying that's what they were going for the whole time, but it accomplished that goal. And to me, my heart of hearts, that's a villain. So sorry to fuck up and take forever to get to that conclusion, but that that's a very very valid point honestly so the game you hate the most has the best villain i i, I know, know the irony right that's, that's <laughs> ironic and it's stupid what in the fuck but i will always give credit where credit is due always that's wild and overall overall no i didn't like seven because of many different reasons but i will give credit where credit is due <sighs> Let's fast uh, forward the here. Reason why, um, the yeah, only yeah. reason that why anybody has to like Final Fantasy VII is because Red Thirteen is dancing in a sailor outfit on the fucking hull of a ship in the oh, middle of the game, that. and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I second that. I second I that. He's dancing away. He's doing his best. He you know? love, he's loving it. Barrett's ridiculing that. him. It's so yeah, funny. I, I apologize for eating up so much time there, gentlemen. But no, you're uh, fine. No, you're fine. There was a lot really um, I had to say on that that topic. For sure. There definitely is. A spe- I mean, it's a, it easily could just be an episode on its own. It's a big topic when you're discussing, and it's interesting to hear that we all have like very similar views and opinions um, based on the games that we played wholeheartedly um, and probably more than once. Because I know that I've at least played through Final Fantasy seven and eight more than once. Nine, I think I only gave it one good playthrough. Um, and ten, I only did really give one playthrough through as well too. But moving into um, the later ones, there, I don't think we need to stick on twelve because I think we all have a lot of opinions on. I personally did not play it. It is the last <laughs> Final Fantasy that I actually bought the collector's edition for. I have like the actual like metal case with the DVD. Uh, collector's edition and shit i popped that bitch in my ps2 slim and i paid it played it for five minutes and, yes uh, matt 50 million hp 2.5 hours mic drop is that how long I, how many hours you have in a poop or what no uh, the chip dragon you're talking about the chip dragon aren't you hunt 51 the secret boss of final fantasy 12 yeah, the fucking chip 50. dragon Okay, so let's let's start at the beginning of that because JDK needs to know. Like, there are enemies that you hunt in Final Fantasy XII that are stronger, and they kind of they can they can bump your progress throughout the game because you have to prepare for them in a pretty substantial way. Mm-hmm. And it is like it's just a enemy hunt list. It's like. Can you beat this enemy? Can you beat this enemy? Can you yeah, beat yeah, this yeah. enemy? But I'll, it's I'll go kind on of, it's, when it's done. It's kind of important to reference because the hunts in Final Fantasy XII are something that influenced the series every single game fo- going forward. So Final Fantasy XIII, XV, and now even Final Fantasy XVI have all referenced hunting high-level enemies yep. as the, like the kind of cohesive glue that brings together the late game elements. 
So, so like Monster Hunter have, style battles, basically. Sort of. Yeah, not even. Like They're, Monster Hunter, the same battle that, is normal. Yeah, it's a yeah, Final like Fantasy battle, but it's like Monster a, Hunter objectives. is the Monster yeah. Hunter is the game where the those battles are like making or breaking all the mechanics and like really teaching you how to do it. In Final Fantasy, it's really just like, oh no, we wanted to add like a series of challenges to the late game, and not, not even late game, I, I mid to late game, like it no, starts early, but they're not hard, and then eventually they do ramp up a bit. What they what they do is they create a side quest where it's like, hey, go kill these unique variants of these enemies or a unique challenge yeah. variant where it's like oh you can't do x thing or he's resistant against this thing that he normally wouldn't be it there are little skill checks where you get rewarded for beating them but in the late game they ramp up significantly yeah so yeah. like what used to be just beat the the weapons is now devolved into beat all of the enemies that are the hardest damn thing you've ever yeah. experienced Plus so, this last final thing that's harder than the end boss. With the with the permission of DHR and Sin, I'll launch into twelve and yes, Matt, if you guys want. I mean, the, I'm talking about twelve now. So, yeah. so twelve introduced. Um, twelve wanted to introduce what was popular at the time. They wanted to introduce Final Fantasy to MMO. Yeah. So it created zones. And this is in a single-player game, so this was unheard of. It had zones. In these zones were enemies appropriate to your level, enemies not appropriate to your level. Shout out to the T-Rex that's level 36 at the fucking start. It doesn't warn you about get fucked Final Fantasy XII. It's basically a T-Rexar, but it's I, like right there and just like marching and, and, around and and it, like, hey, it, look, it's and it straight out of Final Fantasy VIII. It fucking goes around and eats the enemy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm I'm annoyed because I like to I'm I'm one of those people who as soon as I get into my first open world zone I grind out like the first five to ten levels because that's just how I do and twelve shits on you for trying that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh during the hunts there are fifty hunts in FF twelve and they get progressively harder. And then if you complete all fifty, the game rewards you and says, Congratulations, you finished every hunt. By the way, I got one more for you. And it calls hunt fifty one. And it introduces an enemy that is now legendary, and I mean fucking legendary in Final Fantasy lore, known as Yasmat. The reason why he's legendary is he's a giant fuck you Ultima weapon dragon you encounter in a Colosseum. It doesn't even try to hide him. It just says, he's over here. Here's a save point right before him. You're going to fucking need it. You use it. You go in. You scan him tells you how much hp has now remember ff12 has an auto battle system called gambit by now the game expects you to have these set up good gambits have an auto battle system ready to go because it's about to skill check you harder than you've ever wished you were skill checked in a fucking game not because of difficulty but because of fuck you and i i'll tell you why yasmat has 50 million hp that doesn't sound like a lot in terms of a game, but when you can only do four digits of fucking damage, <laughs> if you're it's lucky, so big, it's so big. Every time you deplete twenty-five percent of Yasmat's health, he decides to try and party wipe you. <laughs> if you are not prepared for this, to pause the game and pause your gambits, 
or have your gambits prepared for this, eat shit. He'll party wipe you and you have to restart the whole fight over again. On average, this fight takes any player from a speedrunner or whoever's fucking super skilled might say, whatever, this fight's easy and I got it done. They don't count. Let's say you're doing it for the first time. You're just playing the game casually. Prepare for a two-hour marathon fight you have to constantly pay attention to because your gambits won't keep up with healing. And during these party wipes, if you're not paying attention for one fucking second, you get to redo all of it. All of it. You know what your reward is for completing it? Congratulations, you beat him. That's it's it. honestly like a a big giant fucking sit on it and rotate to the fans of that game. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I also want to shout out this. This is a very lesser known fact, and it was fixed in later versions of the game. Uh, the ultimate weapon is known as the Obsidian Spear. Or the Zodiac Spear. Sorry, not Obsidian. Zodiac Spear. Yes. Yeah, um, if you open one of four treasure chests in the first hour of the game, unmarked and unknowingly without the guide for the game, you could never achieve this weapon again. This was fixed in the ultimate version of the game. Yes, because they had to admit and fix it. Otherwise, the alternative they had to admit is they put that in only to sell the fucking guide of the game. Ta-da! We'll call them out on but i digress anyway i apologize for taking up time again uh i have a lot of feelings about yasmat because i spent eight hours trying to fucking kill this thing <laughs> as a kid and i have many many uh murderous feelings about yasmat the only thing i know about it is that i remember my friend was playing through 12 and then one day they told me, like, I was going over their house to steal Wi-Fi from Tim Hortons that they live next to. <laughs> and I go over there and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just playing FF12. I'm like, yeah, you've been playing that for a few days. What are you doing now? And they're like, oh, I'm fighting this chip dragon. And I'm like, what the fuck's a chip dragon? I don't want to talk like, to the chip dragon. Like, it's this dragon with way too much HP that, you know, you can just pretty much just like let it fight itself, except for like now and then you got to like do a thing so you don't fucking die. And that's the thing. That's the thing. You wouldn't even realize you're close until you looked at the screen and you're like, oh shit, he's about to hit X threshold. And if you weren't ready to fucking manipulate all your gambits and reposition all your party members, congratulations, they all died in you fucking dead. Second. It wasn't even a skill issue. It was just, oh, you're out of position? Fucking dead. He would just insta-kill your party. And yeah. you were just like, what? I remember he, most of that day was him wiping on that. Yeah, it's it's rough. You, you have just, to, I was just in the other room playing, you know, computer shit. Stealing yeah. Wi-Fi from Tim Hortons like an average Canadian does. So, and so I'll, I'll touch. I'll, I'll do the light here from the other room. I'll do the lightning round of 12 and then I'll open it up. Um, yeah, I want to hear what side, DHR has to say, actually, because I want to hear know, what his I know. I, That's why I said I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do lightning round and <clears> shut <throat> the fuck up. Vaughn aside, Vaughn is a bad character. He just is. Ash should have been the main character. It has a great political intrigue. It's not a love story, unlike most Final Fantasies. It, it has a great intrigue. It, the characters are interesting, aside from Vaughn. All this other shit is a great world. Ivalis is just fantastic. All the judges, it's so engaging. But 
it has trouble and I think falls flat with the Gambit system because hate or love it, the Gambit system makes the game too easy, in my opinion. Way too easy. Way too easy. Um, and the license system just wasn't good. I understand what they were going for, but making it so I have to magically level up and understand how to equip a leather helmet, like, fuck off. You can find amazing equipment, but then the game punishes you for not understanding how to put it on your head. You need a license system to use equipment, and I did not like that system. I understand yeah, no, some people it's did. No good. I just didn't understand the value of it. I, I fucking hated it. So I'll open this up to DHR, Sin, everyone else. 